If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. This is our 2023 Travellers Championship and BMW International Open Tips Podcast. It's episode 265. Paul Williams joins me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Morning, Paul. Morning, Steve. How you doing? Very good, mate. Dodging the showers and mm. the uh, and the lightning. Indeed. So if you hear that, listeners, uh, is, there's Armageddon outside, effectively. <laughs> Uh, please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website where we have in-depth betting previews for both events, strokes gained analysis for both events, course form statistics combined with current form stats plus our brand spanking new predictor models. All of this content like this podcast is completely free of charge. There's no paywall. Paul is at Golf Betting on Twitter. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Did over 400 likes on the golf betting show last week. Very nice. Uh, I can't remember any more than that. So clearly the content's going down well. Now you guys as listeners power this podcast. So we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the in the review. This one's very short and sweet. Are you ready? Go on. Five stars. Title, Celebrial is not a word. Five stars. Great podcast, though! Exclamation mark. And that is from WQTRF, and he's in the UK. You've been making I, words up against you. Yeah, I think the word I needed was cerebral. <laughs> That's close, wasn't it? So uh, this one, you know, just just for any any um, people that are doing uh, their English, it's, it's not S E L E B R I A L. It's S E R E B R A L. There might be even be a C at the front. What did I say? S. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. C. Yes. Cerebral. But anyway, thanks for your review. Yes, yeah. Yeah, thanks, yeah. It's all very good. Now, on Better News, we received last week the results of the... um, It was the 2023 Smart Betting Club Awards. And we urged our listeners, didn't we, Paul, to basically put us forward for Best Betting Podcast. But I've got some great news. We came fifth overall behind four horse racing podcasts. And we were the top golf podcast. So that can't be a bad thing. Seven and a half percent of the vote. Mm. So thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's lovely to get a bit of recognition, as you say, competing against some of the um, big horse racing pods and um, other sports as well you know that that uh, could be seen to be bigger than golf and um, to be hmm. yeah to be featuring on that list was um was really pleasing so thanks to everyone who did take the time to vote for us it is very much appreciated yeah gg's weekend watch was the winner followed by a podcast that i um, watch regularly on youtube which is the upping the ante racing post with johnny Denee. So yeah, to be mentioned in those uh, in those circles, very very good. So thank you to everyone who spent the time putting uh, putting forward us as that uh, best golf podcast of the year. So that's very very good. Thank you. Let's talk U.S. Open. Yeah. Uh, I had Kepka in seventeenth, Hovland in nineteenth, and Deschambeau in twentieth. Oh, Corey Connors missed the cut. So those were my three. Uh, I, 
I was okay until Bryson uh, mucked up the sixth on the Friday. He was in eighth. I think he was tied sixth. Yeah. He was at six under, and I'm thinking, this is useful. Going well here. And then he cocked up the sixth. He hit it in the porridge. And then he couldn't get up and down. Made bogey. I went to bed, and from that point on, he then decided to shoot five over. Mm. Uh, so five over from that point, yes. So from being three under, he, he eventually ended up two over par for that round. He was out. So I basically had no runners and riders from uh, Saturday onwards for the victory. Now, if you were looking for that key element, and this is another one from the notebook, I say this every year at the US Open, and then a lot, you know, you hear comments about, well, this golf course is going to suit strokes gained on approach, strokes gained on approach. Right, here's the top five strokes gained off the tee last week at LA Country Club. Fifth, Scotty Scheffler finished third. Fourth, Bryson DeChambeau finished 20th. Third, Keith Mitchell finished 20th. Second, Wyndham Clark finished first. First, Rory McIlroy finished second. And if you look at the approach numbers for the top three, McIlroy was 15th for approach in that category. Wyndham Clark was 49th. <laughs> and Scotty Scheffler was 7th. So yeah, off the tee, off the tee, off the tee. Wyndham Clark though. What a rise that guy's had in the last couple of months. It's a it's a proper fairy tale story, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, and I don't know. It, it it wasn't kind of laughable before his performances on a Sunday because um, they were more disappointing than laughable. But you know, you you'd kind of get to a point where you see Clark in contention uh, not so long ago and think, yeah, well, you know, he's gonna he's gonna fall away. Um, he's gonna collapse on a Sunday, and invariably did. But uh, he's been working with a new psychologist, hasn't he, for a while, and got over the line at Quail Hollow. You know, that's a big course, isn't it, Quail Hollow, to, to, to win. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and then, then kind of follows this recent major narrative of first-time uh, first time major winners, which, uh, yeah, really, really impressive. 66 to 1, yeah. Mm. The other, the other thing to pick out of that, and we touched on it on the research uh, podcast, was mm. previous performance or previous outing, uh, total driving, and he led the field at Memorial for total driving. So if you'd have gone down the, uh, you know, a very blinkered but very precise route of picking players mm. out on the basis of that, then you could quite easily have come to Wyndham Clark. Uh, yeah, for me, it, the price just wasn't quite juicy enough, but when you look back and you know if you picked up a 66 to 1 winner at a major championship you'd be over the moon so well done to everyone there were yeah. a few there were a few winning tickets that I saw flying about out there so there's a few guys that won a few on our Facebook group as well so well, well done to all you guys who uh, got the winner last week there's definitely something in this on this PJ Tour 66 to 80 say that I say 66 for Clark he was 66 in a spot he was 50 and 55 across most mm. um, with extended places. But yes, and then sub 28s, that's kind of where you are. Um, he's created a problem, you know. He, he's created a problem for a, a number of elite American players in terms of this Ryder Cup because all yeah. of a sudden. He's in. He's in. I mean, you. I don't care who you are, if you're, if you're a US captain or a. Uh, a European captain, and you have a major winner, he's on your team. Doesn't matter if he takes up an auto spot, he'll definitely get a captain's pick. So, Scheffler's now at one. Clark jumps to number two. I mean, if we'd have said that three months ago, you'd say we're absolutely crazy. Guy that couldn't, you know, he could barely finish his cornflakes in the morning, let alone finish off and win PGA Tour and major championships. Clark's at two. Kepka at three. <laughs> so, yeah, those two, yeah, it's not even debatable. For Xander, another disappointing performance for me in a major. I yeah. mean, you look at his numbers and they are so consistent, but you know, you're leading after round one, you shoot a US Open record first round with Ricky. And from that, as soon as he walked on that golf course Friday, totally different player. Token, completely different animal. Yeah, it was disappointing. You know, I, I was From the first that, hole, Paul, on Friday onwards. Yeah, it's it just. From, from looking as good as he did on Thursday, and he he, he looked fantastic, you know, the, to to equal that 
record that had just been set by Ricky was was one thing, but it was the manner of the play. It was the way that it, you know the look in his eye. It looked looked to me like he was the kind of uh, kind of guy who could go forward and win that. But but yeah, what what happens overnight? I don't know. Do you sit down and think about it? Is it play on your mind? Do you get no sleep? I don't know. It's um, you know something just wasn't wasn't there for the rest of it. And you had him, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So in yeah, I take you had him eight places each way, and he finished tenth. <laughs> no, I did. I got um, I got some extended places, but even so, you were sh- oh, you yeah. know sharing ten places leading, with yeah. um, yeah, with with four others. So, yeah. oh, congratulations, but on Harris English, you had him as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did, and I did take Harris with uh, ten places as well, which um, was a dilemma because I could have taken um, quite a juicier price with with fewer, but I stuck to the ten with that, and uh, that paid off in the end. Um, and yeah, again, he got himself for eight. Yeah, yeah, and he got himself to ten under on uh, on Saturday. And yeah, again, it's a stretch, isn't it, to expect him to go on and actually win from there? But he was in a position where you know you par in from there. That's easier said than done. But you par in from there. You, you, you know, you're in a playoff. You, you're seriously, seriously contending. But but no, to take a place so, out of it was good. So just for new listeners, and we get lots and lots at this time of year, you know, who've got interested in golf fry the majors. You took 10 places each way on Harris at a reduced odds, yeah? Yeah, yeah, 125s I took, yeah. What could you have got at a shorter amount of places? Well, Can you remember? Yeah, well, when I when I placed it, the maximum out there was 150 with eight places. So I right. chose, the, chose the 10. On Wednesday, there were places out there where you could have got 175 to one with um, with eight places. So yes. you know, there was a bit of a drift on him. There was no no real money for him in the market. So you know, by that point, I've I've made my bet effectively. I've I've, I've placed my bet and I've, I'm just sitting on it. But in you know, when, when you tot it all up at the end of the day, that was the right thing to do because you know, any, an eight place bet on that would have been uh, mm. would have been sliced in half. So. This was it. So Harris finished tied eighth with Tom Kim. Mm. So Paul, with his 10 places each way, gets a full each way return at one fifth, 20%. Yep. If he'd have gone with those eight places each way at the bigger odds, that would have had a 50% chop because yep. of that nine places, nine players effectively finishing in those top eight position. Mm. Indeed. Well played on that. Good work, mate. Thank you. You want a good run at the moment in terms of a lot of these bets. Uh, um, yeah, I was going back to this. So Xander at four, Max Homer's at five, and Cantley at six. So then you've got Spieth outside, Cam Young, Sam Burns, Morikawa, JT, Kirk Kitayama, Denny McCarthy, Harris English, Ricky Fowler, Tony Finau. So you're going to have... A decision to make if you're Zach Johnson. I mean, Jordan Spieth's basically team captain. He's in. He'll get a captain's pick. Now, when Jordan Spieth's in, his best mate, Justin Thomas, is clearly going to get a pick as well, even though JT's probably playing the worst goal of his career at the moment. Mm. That's a real upside for Team Europe, straight away. You've got JT in there. I mean, clearly, we've got golf to be played before this, but at the moment, JT's way out of it. There's going to be some big names there that don't get a captain's pick. That that's where I'm at. Yep. Someone's going to miss out. A Sam Burns, a Cam Young. Does Ricky squeeze his way into the team? You know, yeah. when Ricky wins the Rocket Mortgage Classic at fourteen to one in a few weeks' time, <laughs> and the Twitter sphere goes mad that Ricky's won his first tournament for seventeen years. Blah 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 blah. Is that going to force Ricky, you know, who played some magnificent golf at the U.S. Open, into into that top, into those top twelve players, into those six captain picks? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I can foresee Ricky Fowler being picked over a Sam Burns, or certainly over a Cam Young. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's questions to be asked here, and, I, and I've kind of played into this. This time of year, you start to see this. Um, I think Ricky's going to win soon, and Ricky, we've said this all along. He's going to he's going to do a Jason Day. He's going to do a Justin Rose. He's going to win something at, at odds where you just have to hold your nose <laughs> and just say, "Yeah, I'm on Ricky this week, eighteen to one." Yeah, and the Twitter sphere goes mad. Oh, can you be backing Ricky Fowler? Eighteen to one. He ain't one for seven. But it's just it's always been written in the stars, and with Ricky, 
He has to go through this process of missing out, missing out, and eventually he wins. He's a proper Matt Kuchar from 10 years ago. Yeah. Always has been, always will be, just as Tommy Fleetwood is. Ricky you have needs to go to... through these trials and tribulations, don't you, Paul? And eventually they stumble over the line. But Ricky needs to not be putting eight under rounds in on a Thursday. He needs to be putting them in on a Sunday. And, you know, we've looked at the way that he's won. We've talked at length about the way that he wins historically. And, you know, if he's two, three, four back on a Sunday going in, the mindset is completely different with Ricky Fowler than when it is when he's, you know, he's staring at a potential win. You know, he's, he's playing defensive golf. Um, the mindset changes and it doesn't work. He need, for me, he needs to be chasing and, you know, unless he finds himself eight shots clear by, you know, by you know putting it together two or three fantastic rounds to begin with, I think he needs to be slightly off the pace and, you know, for all he's the no, excitement. He's no front there, runner, is he, Ricky? No, I mean, you know, for all the excitement out there when he shot what was a truly fantastic round on Thursday, um, you know, as, as a punter, you'd have been fearful that what happened was going to happen. And five over Sunday, and, and away you go. Bush is, Bush is clearly working in his psyche, though. Mm. You know, there was all this mention on Sky, you know, Butch is, I don't know how this, Butch is, it come, must have come out by a Claude. Butch is telling Ricky that he has to, you know, once he's in position, he needs to be positive, yep. stay, you know, stay true to himself. I think it'll work in the end. He will get a win in the next couple of months. It could be something like the Scottish Open, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Bearing in mind, that'll be on your watch. Yep. So no, like Scottish Open, you know, a PGA Tour accounting event that isn't even in the U- in in America, mm. and Ricky shoots something like a sixty-two on Sunday to jump from tied eleventh to get to to win by a shot. Yeah, he's won it before, isn't he? I, I remember him pipping. Who did he? Was it Soren Kjeldsen? I think I was on years ago. Some mad price, two hundred and fifty to one or thereabouts, and Ricky popped through and beat him on the Sunday. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> so yeah, that's that Wyndham Clark performance and, and fantastic of you on board. Um, that's really put the cat amongst the pigeons in terms mm. of Ryder Cup qualification. Some big name isn't going to make it. So fantastic! It's, it's good to see new winners. I don't believe he'd ever had a major championship top ten either. Well, no, and his U.S. Open form was miscut, miscut coming into that. So you know, mm. even if you'd have picked out the the odd stats that was sticking out there's plenty of reason to kind of oppose it at the price there you go thoughts on Rory before we move on I don't know he's close isn't he as ever him Scheffler they're they're so close it's only ever going to take one slight tweak with one aspect of the game and they they go and win you know that golf tournament any golf tournament don't know. He, he refused a lot of his interviews, didn't he? He was much quieter, seemed much more focused. Yeah, you know, doesn't want to, clearly doesn't want to talk about the, the the whole situation that's overarching golf at the moment and um, focus on his actual play. And you know, he, he was close enough. He'd be well disappointed, but pleased in in other respect that he got that uh, you know, that, he, that he played well. Makes him a certain, you know. A real runner for the uh, Open in a few yeah. weeks around the golf course where he actually took it out. Yep. 2014. Right, let's talk Travellers Championship. Again, one of, usually, you know, it's one of the highlight um, tournaments on the PGA Tour. Always the week after the US Open. And the field this week is just... You know, it's I th- it's um, one of these elevated events. Scheffler, Rahm, McElroy, Xander, Cantlay. Mm. Can you believe, Paul... Right now, I can back Rory McIlroy, Xander, and Patrick Cantlay, all at twelve to one at Bet Three Six Five. Eight places each one. Shows so the strength of the field. It does. There's Hovland in there. Oh, it's just a can't. There's not many that has dropped out. So, in terms of best bookmaker for twenty twenty three Travelers Championship, we're highlighting Bet Three Six Five, who have extended their default each weight. Uh, sorry, they've extended to eight places each way via their each way extra facility. I've used them on two of my five travellers tips. Right now, as we record the pod, they are offering market best odds and extended eight places each way. 
on market leaders. So Ram at 11 to 1. As I said, McElroy, Xander, Cantley all at 12s. Hovland 18s. Morikawa 25 to 1. Tommy Fleetwood 33 to 1. We recommend Bet365 if you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account. You can find details of their current Bet10 pounds, get 30 pounds in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in the podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code SPORT30 when registering. SPORT30 when registering. I don't think I've ever seen, certainly not in modern times, Rory, Xander and Cantley at the same odds. Mm. Especially with Rory just coming off a second place in a major championship. Yeah. That does tell you, though, that Xander and Patrick Cantley have a rather good uh, track record here at TPC River Highlands. Now, we're upstate. We're only two, two hours drive out of Manhattan. We're actually in Connecticut, in Cromwell. It's the shortest par 70 on the calendar. So if we rewind from last week, this golf course is the complete antipathy of it. 6,852 yards. Par 70 is basically the Bubba Watson Open. Remember, he had three victories here. And that's the point, though. It's a it's a it's a golf course that doesn't really play to a particular strength. I mean, you've got a list here of Bubba Watson winning, along with Ken Duke, Kevin Streelman, and Russell Knox. So Bubba, extravagant, extremely long, shot shaped the ball any way you like, and then you've got Russell Knox, a two eighty hitter that's as iron straight off the tee as you as you would like. High greens and regulation guy when he was when he was uh, in the top twenty five in the world. Yeah. Um, and you just look at the statistics here; they're all middle of the road because this is the point. Um, you can have a Bubba, a Dustin Johnson, or you can have a Russell Knox winning. There's no particular track here. There's no particular route to victory. It's basically who plays best on the week. Uh, Robert J. Moss, 1928 original. Pete Dye had a huge part in this golf course, though, so I classify this as a Pete Dye design. Well worth looking at our predictor model this week, which will tell you the best Pete Dye players over the last five years on the PGA Tour. Worth having a look. There definitely are Pete Dye specialists. Patrick Cantley being one of those, hence why he's 12-1. to 1. Uh, It's Parkland. It's always a mid-score golf course, so seven, you know, 16, 15 up to 19. And, of course, I classify it as short. Par 70. There's holes uh, with water in play, five. Uh, we've got northeastern agronomy, so bent grass with poa and newer on the fairways. Kentucky bluegrass with fescue over four inches in places this week in terms of the rough. The greens, 5,000 square feet, so they're very small. They are a mix of bent grass with Poana. I like this tournament. Uh, always gets huge crowds. Travellers pump a lot of money into it and have does for years. You always get a decent field, and this field is probably the best we've ever seen here. Uh, fairways are quite generous for the length of the course. They're 29 yards wide at 300 yards carry, which for a sub-7,000 par 70 are wide. Quite generous. They're basically as generous as Muirfield Village a few weeks ago, which plays at over 7,500 yards. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this, Paul. Yep. Any views on the course or just anything that you particularly look for around here? I mean, it, it does tend to be a bit of a wedge fest you know, in reality. Yeah, it does. And it, well, the dimensions are you know one of those courses that then helps or appeals to the to the shorter hitters as well as the uh yeah you know, the players that that want to take on some of these holes it's and i think you you get that from the stats and you get that from the winners list where you've got a variety of different players and different styles who can compete here now from a betting perspective that doesn't necessarily help us a great deal because it brings more people into the mix and uh, and, and doesn't really help us put a line through others but 
Um, it's interesting that some players do tend to thrive here year in, year out. You know, you mentioned Bubba. Um, sadly, not here because, you know, he's always one to look out for in this course. But um, you know, others have taken to it as well. So, yeah, course history may, may well be a good starting point this week. So do have a flick through the stats on the site if you are interested in that angle. Rick Gaiman on his video that he put out last night was saying that if you look at course history here, I think it was in the top six or eight on the PGA Tour for stick, you know, stickiness. Yep. Players that just play here well here consistently. Mm. So yes, it's one of those tracks where you know I can I can always remember Paul Casey would always contend here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Russell Russell Henley's popular again this week. Sure to be popular. Um, he's on my post-it note of doom. I'm not putting him up, but Russell Henley is bound to be in the mix. I'd have a cover bet on Russell Henley because you know when he's finishing in the top 15 of the US Open the week before, mm. he's going to come here and he just plays well here most years. So it's that kind of that kind of course. Um, Paul Casey always used to go backwards on the Sunday, you know, the, the Ricky Fowler sort. Um, but yes, definitely a consistent view here in terms of sticky stickiness in terms of course form. I also saw huge, there's some very big correlating results courses here. Uh, Colonial being one. Xander uh, had finished third at Colonial before winning this last year. Harris English has got a second place at Colonial. Ches Reeve, a top five. I mean, there's another prime example. Ches Reeve won this, didn't he, after finished third the week before at Pebble Beach at the US Open? Yeah, yeah. I think you were on him. I'm pretty, you must have been on him. Oh, uh, at Pebble, yeah. 70 yes. to 1. No, no, I was on him the week before at Pebble. Yeah. Um, and uh, he got yeah he got the full each way didn't he um, at, at sort of obscene price as I remember but yes must have been three fifty the usual yeah. kind of Ches Reeve spot and then seventy to one comes and wins this the week after yep so <coughs> Colonial's a great corresponding course TPC Boston we go back to Dell Technologies days uh, that's a good correlating course. I'm also seeing some very good correlation with St Jude. I don't know why the agronomy is completely different, but, but again, that's a that's a par seventy setup. So yeah, you can pick courses, but the other angle I love here is just Poana in general and Poana on the west coast. Mm. You know, it's, it's fairly obvious as a, as a looking, but if you look at Xander, he'd finish second at Torrey Pines before winning here. Harris English had finished second at Torrey Pines. Dustin Johnson had finished third, and clearly Dustin Johnson's record at Pebble Beach is, you know, astronomically phenomenally good. Um, Ches Reeve, you won't get that Torrey Pines look because he's too short. But yes, Ches Reeve has finished second in an AT&T Pebble uh, Pro Am, and he's also, of course, finished third in that U.S. Open that we were referring to. So definitely Poana on the West Coast. You can throw a bit of Riviera in there. And also Phoenix, for some reason, at Scottsdale. Xander a second and a third there. English a third there. Ches Reeve a second and a fourth at TPC Scottsdale. No idea. That's a desert golf course featuring Bermuda grass. But, you know, you just you just plot these results out. And, and, and regular winners of this have got decent results on those golf courses. Right, this is where I'm at. I genuinely think that this Wyndham-Clark move... And just you know, just the timeline of where we're at. We're coming to the end of June. Ryder Cup qualification is going to become more and more important. I've gone there for for Tony Finau this week. Finau, four wins in twenty-two PGA Tour outings. I mean, that's crazy. Twenty-two to one, I got him at ten places each way with Ladbrokes. And in that qualification process, Tony Finau is sitting in 17th place. Don't ask me how, don't ask me why, can't get, can't get my head around it. He's below Fowler, he's below English, he's below McCarthy, he's below Kirk Kitayama, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa. Tony needs results, and if you remember, this is what he did last year when he went on that run of a couple of wins. Got to late summer, started stringing results together when he needs to. 
Yeah. And I think Tony's so laid back, you know, week to week, the week to week landscape of golf with, you know, he's traveling with his wife, his kids, he's just having the time of his life. And sometimes I think he needs to get to a space with Tony where they say to him, look, Tony, you need to get some results here, mate, because, you know, to hit this target, President's Cup, Ryder Cup, whatever that is, and all of a sudden, bang. Focused, makes some putts, gets the job done. He's playing quite well. Um, I mean, his driving wasn't great last week, but that doesn't, I don't think that's a real problem around here. But you just look at Finau. His approach plays great right now. He won within eight weeks ago in Mexico. So, yeah, I'm on Finau, who's clearly, you, you go through that list of courses Torrey Pines, fourth, sixth, sixth, second, ninth, Riviera Country Club, second and second. He's also had a couple of uh, runner-up positions, I believe, or at least top four positions at Scottsdale. Yeah. He was 32nd last week. He was 11th and 15th going into Sunday. He's playing some decent stuff. So, yes, Tony Finau for me. Where where are you coming in, by the way, Paul, in terms of your picks? Um, I've got three this week. The shortest one is 50 to 1, and then longer than that. I'm also going down the same route. I'm now for no, yeah. You know, I'm not saying that Tony Finau wouldn't get a pick, but I still don't think that these top players want to get picks for Ryder Cups playing awful golf. I mean, that's counterintuitive. I, th- I still think Colin Morikawa. You know, this is a guy who won two majors, a World Golf Championship, a DP World Tour Championship, and a further two PGA Tour titles across a 29-month span. All before the age of 24. And he hasn't won now for coming on for two years. On the PGA Tour. It will be be the Ryder Cup at Sandwich. End of July. I just think, and you, you're getting this, his, his approach play is fantastic. And, and on golf courses where better driving has been required, Colin's approach play, his driving's been um, a, a lot poorer than it has been in the past, where Colin would be 295 and iron straight, two, 300 yards iron straight, all of a sudden, he's kind of, instead of being in the top 10, 12 for off the tee on a given week, he tends to be mid-pack, mm. but the approach play is just as good as it was. And as ever with Colin, it's that putter. It can be diabolical. There's just, his numbers over the last two, there seems to be a thawing of the putter. And again, like Finau, if there's a player right now... A, yeah, you can throw JT into the mix, but I, I, there's no way I'm going close to JT. If there's a player in this that could do with a big Travellers Championship victory, I think Colin Morikawa, again, is a big name that needs a win soon, just to ease both his mental pressure of not winning for two years, but also just to to get himself back in that winner's circle and just ease the path for Ryder Cup, take all the discussion out of it, I'm in the team. So I'm on Morikawa again, two points each way, 22 to 1. I got with Ladbrokes 10 places each way. So Finau at 22s, Morikawa at 22s. And the other one, we were talking about Ricky earlier. We're, t- we're talking about you know just the way that players tend to win titles. Tommy Fleetwood, I'm on 33 to 1 I got with Boyle Sports, eight places each way, one and a half points each way on Tommy Fleetwood. An understated... That's another thing with Tommy. He doesn't. He, he used to play a lot of uh, Florida, and he, and he was never US based. He's now based in the US, and he's he's starting to play a lot more sort of northeast and golf that where he would disappear and not play. So a lot of these tournaments you look at, he's only ever been here twice. Yeah, he was thirteenth here way back in twenty eighteen, I think it was. Uh, he was sixth going into Sunday, and he's just playing. Some great golf, isn't it, at the end of the day? And when you look at Tommy, I've put here, a high-profile non-winner on the PGA Tour. Four of his six European Tour, DP World, have come off previous outings of third, sixth, sixth, and fourth. So he likes to have a contending performance the week before he wins. Mm. And that closing round on Sunday at the US Open... 
Yeah, just that kind of momentum and confidence provider that I think could aid Tommy in his, you know, just in that getting, grabbing that first PGA Tour victory that we were discussing last week on the pod where he had that open goal in Canada yeah. and couldn't convert. So I'm on at Fleetwood at 33 to 1, which I thought wasn't a bad price actually on Tommy. So no, 22 to 1, 22 to 1, 33 to 1 on Fleetwood. Where are you at with your 50 to 1 selection, Paul? Well, it's, it is the same as yours, although I've taken um, a slightly different route to it, and that's Tom Kim. So I backed him early yesterday at 50 to 1, but with six places. I know you've, um, well, well, still all your thunder, but you've backed him. Um, oh, no, you're talking through yeah. Slightly longer price. Uh, yeah, slightly longer each way terms, but at 45s, which again is, um, you know, just an alternative way to play it. But uh, I think the thing with Kim, and you know, we've all followed his progress over the last uh, year or so, and uh, seen you know sparks of form that have run for a while, and then he kind of goes off the boil a bit. I've seen a lot of these courses for the first time as well, um, which doesn't always help. But um, for him to produce a top ten, he finished eighth, tied eighth in the last week, um, a, a long U.S. Open course. Yeah, uh, really did catch the eye. Fourth for greens and regulation, fourteenth for putting average, and that putter, the putting number, was the one that really caught my eye. Now yeah, I've not sure. seen all of the strokes gained data come through yet from the U.S. Open, so you, you may have a view of that that I've not seen. But um, uh, yeah, certainly it seems that there was some kind of life with the putter, which is good. Um, coming to a course which is much, you know, much shorter, much more suitable in my view. So. Um, for a guy who available at that kind of mid-price each way level, um, but well capable of taking uh, taking a tournament like this down, I think that's uh, that's a decent punt personally. I think some people will get hum- hung up on Tom because it's his first visit here, but we have seen first-time winners, mm. uh, Jordan Spieth being one. But he was yeah eighteenth for strokes game putting of the, of the guys that made the cut last week. Yeah. That's, that- and that's much improved over where he has been for oh, a while gotcha. now. Yeah. Well, you just look at his modern, you know, miss, since he finished 16th at the Masters, if you just look at individual play, I know he had a top 10 at the team event in uh, New Orleans, but miscut, 23rd, 34th, miscut, miscut, and that's all putter. Mm. I mean, the putter hasn't been negative, it's been significantly negative. Yeah. And then lo and behold, last week, making putts. That's all he needs to do with that approach play game of his. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Makes him very dangerous. Yeah. You know, I hark on about it all the time. Ten, ten, ten times he's won across developmental tours just all around the world. All first-time visits to golf courses. He's, he's just got this innate knack of learning courses and being competitive straight away. Yeah. I didn't want him to be that player where you look at him and you go, well, statistically tick. Decent result at the US Open, tick, and you'd go, well, now I can't have him because he's never played the golf course. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, you're sitting there on Friday and Tom Kim's sitting there tied for first with Russell Henley. Mm. <laughs> and the thing is, we've seen him win on debut court, you know, debut appearances on courses before, so why not? Yeah. A winner at the Wyndham Championship and also, of course, a winner at the Shriners. So, you know, this guy... We, we had an interesting chat, didn't we? A, a, ch- a conversation, didn't we, on um, the Golf Betting System Facebook group last week where someone was basically saying, oh, you know, I've been bet- betting Tom Kim for a period of time and, you know, he was getting these rave reviews. I can't see what it's all about. You know, these, he seems to be one of the most overrated golfers that I've ever seen. Yep. And you're like, I can see where you're coming from. I can feel your pain in your wallet. But this boy is kind of 20 years of age. He's moved to the United States for the first time to set up a house in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, you know, he must be going through so much off course that's all new to him. Just give him some time. Yeah. So when he misses the cut this week, I'll be in exactly the same boat going, that Tom Kim's completely overrated. Now, my last selection is back, bang out there at 180s. So, have you got anything to fit in, in there? I, yeah, I have. Um, it, it's absolutely hammering down here. So, hopefully, if it's coming through on the mic, then you'll still be able to hear me. Um, Brian Harmon, I've backed at um, 
I backed him yesterday at 100 to 1. It's a little bit shorter now. Harmon, though, open was 65 last week, um, yeah. 12 to the halfway point. And it was interesting if you listened to him or read any of his, the transcripts from his, um, from his interviews last week, because he talked very much about events that he's supposed to do well in, the courses that he's supposed to perform well on because they suit his game much more. And that course last week at uh, Los Angeles Country Club wasn't that. So for him to be sitting where he was, even though he drifted by the end, and I get that, and you know, over the course of a US Open and you know, on a course that doesn't particularly appeal or play to his strengths, I, I, you know, you'd expect him to drift. But he was there for a while, showed and flashed some form, um, and he's coming to a course now that um, is much more amenable to him. And uh, here at uh, River Highlands, third in yeah. 2015, his last five attempts, sixth, eighth, missed cut, fifth, eighth. So yeah. to get him, you know, somewhere in and around those each way places seems, you know, more than uh, more than possible, really. What price did you get? He was a hundred to one. Again, I took him. I got a bit kind of price blinded yesterday and took took hundred to one with six each way. Um, there's still eight places and eighty to one out there right now. And um, if you, you fancy that mm. as an each way punt, there's far far worse bets out there, I think, uh, than Brian Harmon. Uh, the other one I backed is Sam Bennett. Now we mentioned Sam on the pod last week. Uh, he was a thousand to one. Uh, I, I was getting a little bit concerned at one point because he was in a, a decent spot. Uh, he was, he was uh, you know, eighth to halfway at the U.S. Open last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, it played really well at the uh, Masters as well. Third to halfway, seventh after fifty-four holes. Now, on both occasions, just didn't happen on the Saturday Sunday. Uh, but he's proven himself to be an increasingly competent player I think just turned pro he was 20th at the Canadian Open I think this this week suits suits better than anything he's played so far 8th for accuracy last week as well 8th for putting average as well again I've not eyeballed the uh, strokes gain data to see how that transfers but his raw stats look really good and 200 to 1 with 8 places I thought was a price well worth taking because I think he will pop up in some of those each way paying places sooner rather than later Sam Bennett we see. we see this year after. I mean, the, the the real serious pack were Hovland. You know, I mean, we see it going way back. John Rahm, Jordan Spieth. But sometimes you get these players, and the, and the pack we saw was Hovland, Morikawa, and and uh, Wolf, wasn't it? A few yep. years ago, where you get these talented salts with a great amateur background that hit the main tour, and they're already bubbling. Now sometimes you just got you've got to get on them. Especially now, we're moving into a part of the Canada now that's going to see some pretty weak fields. Mm. Sam Bennett, this Ludwig Aberg. I think we might, again, we might have to hold our nose at some points and just take a terrible, some, you know, what we perceive to be weak odds yep. on players with so much upside that's yet unproven. But yeah, Bennett and Aberg, two, you know, two phenomenal talents. There's also this uh, Tjorn Bjornsson who yeah, yeah. hasn't been playing well recently. Last couple of starts have been poor, but again, another player. Still amateur, I believe, but clearly going to be coming through the ranks very quickly. Yeah, played well in this last year, didn't he? Yeah. The one I went for at triple digits, I couldn't believe CT Pan was available at 200-1 to 1 on first shows. I can believe it because the field's so strong. But fourth and third in his last two outings, so yeah, I managed to get one eighty to one with Bet three six five each on their eight places each way extra facility on CT Pan. Yep. You know we were talking earlier about you know this guy finished second at Torrey Pines in twenty seventeen. Yep. I'm sure he won a junior world championship there when he was um, when he was in his teens. Um, he's got a background where he grew up in Washington. So he's on. He's from the West Coast. He's from from you know. He's from his junior golf would be a lot of Poana and Bentgrass Poana greens. Even though he, you know from the type uh, the Taiwanese heritage, yep. he's also finished sixth at Silverado, ninth at Riviera. Um, he's got a top ten at Boston. Mentioned that. I think he finished fourth there. Um, and he's finished eighth here on his debut in 2017. And you've got a guy coming in coming in off fourth and third mm. at 180 to one. 
So yeah, we know that he won on a Pete Dye design. He won the Harb. He won at Harbour Town. That's his only PGA Tour victory. Mm. But a player that's white hot, a plotter, great approach player, and superb putter when he's in nick. I thought 180 to one, eight places on CT Pan was more than acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen some numbers over on the states win only 275 to one. On CT Pam. Yeah, it's because of the strength of the field. But to see him sneak into a place uh, wouldn't surprise. I know Barry's not with us this week, but um, that feels very much like a Barry bet as well, doesn't it? Yeah, he's I think so. On, he's, been, he's been on Pan a bit recently. Panamania. So I'm on Pan. Tom Kim, like you are, and at the top or towards the top. Fleetwood at 33s, and then those two sub 28s, Colin Morikawa. And Tony, the Terminator, Finau. Right, I think that's the Travellers done. Very good. Let's move over to Europe. One of the, uh, a, you know, a, a well-established tournament over here on the on the DP World Tour. Been around for years. Always gets a strong field. I noticed this week, you know, apart from the obvious, it's a, it's a pretty loaded DP World Tour with most of the, the usual suspects. Ryan Fox has come across for it as well. So... Take us through it, Paul. Yeah, um, BMW International Open. So, as you say, off to Munich for um, what is a full field event of 156. Uh, I, I guess, you know, you're talking about the field. In previous years, we've had the odd elite yeah. player pop over for this, but because we're up against this designated event on the uh, PGA Tour, you haven't got the likes of, uh, you know, we saw Victor Hovland pop over in 2021, for instance, and yeah. win the tournament at some obscenely short price. So you haven't kind of got that level of uh, player who's come. But but yeah, it's um, another typically... B- BMW can't flash the check- checkbook anymore, can they, and get and get a top name like him or Casey over who will just take the check? Well, and when it's up against a designated event, you know, the, the hands are tied to a certain degree. Yeah, so exactly. Of course they are. What, what can they do? Anyway, in terms of the field, yeah, Adrian Moronk, he's the favourite, 14 to 1. Uh, Rasmus Hoygaard, 18 to 1. Antoine Rosner, 25. Same price for Yannick Paul and Victor Perez. 28 to 1 for Bob McIntyre, Roman Langasque, uh, Takumi Kanaya, 33 to 1 bar. So, yeah, it's very similar kind of suspects and names that we see from uh, a lot of these. Uh, kind of this level DP World Tour event. Boyle Sports, eight places each way, a standard this week, and of course, um, Bet365 are running their eight places each way market on this event too, um, if you prefer that to their standard five and a quarter. Now, the course itself is München Eichenried. Um, that's the venue this week. It has held the event for a number of years. Do check the notes on the stats this week because um, in 2012, 2014, 2016, 2018, the event was held on a different course. Um, so the ones outside of that will be the ones that are being held here in Munich. So uh, just a note of caution with that. But there's plenty of uh, research that can be done. There's plenty of history there to dig through um, on this course specifically. It is a 7,284-yard par 72. It's a Parkland track. There are four mid-range par 5s and a couple of short par 4s as well. Relatively wide fairways. The greens were relayed with creeping bent grass in 2019, which made a bit of a difference. They were getting a bit old and tired. Um, old bent power greens. So much better quality greens now. Um, much more likely to accept a putt. The weather, it's likely to be hot and sunny up until Thursday, up until and including Thursday. There's fresher weather uh, forecast to come in from the west on Friday. So um, the temperature is going to drop from kind of 30, so 30 Celsius of kind of mid 80s Fahrenheit down to the low 20s, so low 70s, and um, potentially with a bit more wind on Friday as well. And then it's going to settle down again for the weekend. So. Depends how much rain, if there's any rain that's associated with this front that's coming through on Thursday night into Friday as to how the course will play. Because if we don't get any rain, then I suspect it's going to be really quite firm and fast. Um, if they get a, a thunderstorm like the one that's just blown through here, um, then I expect that's going, yeah. to, uh, that's going to really soften the course up. So it remains to be seen. The forecast has been changing quite a bit as I've been following it this week. So I wouldn't be... 
I, I wouldn't be sure that we're going to see a massive water, um, but then we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, I think depending on on, the, on that level of rain, that could um, be the real determinant of what the scoring level is going to be because when this course does play soft, it can be really quite attackable. When it's not, it's your typical kind of mid-score affair, kind of uh, you know, mid to high teens, similar to, to what you described over in uh, uh, Connecticut as well. Uh, in, ter- in terms of... Uh, past winners and scores just to put that into context 2010 David Horsey won here at 18 under he was 151 150 to one shot 2011 was Pablo Larathabel 16 under 45 to one Ernie Els in 2013 18 under so very consistent scoring 22 to one for Ernie Pablo won his second title in 2015 at 17 under he was 60 to one that week Andres Romero came across and won again at 17 under two years later, 2017. A 300 to 1 chance for Romero. Andrea Pavan won at 15 under in 2019, 100 to 1. Victor Hovland, who I mentioned a second ago, 19 under when he won in 2021. He was a 13 to 2 shot. And then Hao Tong Lee last year, we were on Hao Tong, 22 under, and slightly softer conditions, 66 to 1 was the best price out there on Hao Tong Lee last year. So a bit of variation there, but generally, if it's playing relatively firm, which I suspect it will this week, um, yeah, unless we do get that uh, that that's, uh, downpour, then mid-score 16, 17, 18 is probably a fair guess as to where we'll end up over the course of the four days. Um, and given that we've got four kind of mid-range par fives, four scorable par fives, and those potentially drivable par fours, that does show you that there's plenty of danger out there on the other holes as well so it's one of those courses I think you you need to take advantage of those scoring holes and then just hang on around the rest of it and make sure that you're not making um, you're not making mistakes and, and bogey avoidance actually is something that does tend to come out quite uh, quite consistently in the winners here and particularly in the years that it isn't overly soft we do have a variety of different player styles and you can probably Guess that from the the names that I've read through there. We've had shorter hitters, longer hitters, greens in regulation, merchants, uh, short game wizards, putters. All of them, um, you know, have managed to navigate a way around it. In a lot of ways, yours and my tournaments are quite similar this week because there, there isn't a kind of there isn't a blueprint. I'd say to, to kind of uh, really grab onto. You just need to find a player who's playing well who who can get on with the course. I think. Uh, bogey avoidance, as I said, is a really good stat to start with. And I think it does make sense on these courses where you've got to take advantage of the easy holes and then just you know, play par golf on the rest of the course. Now, there is some strokes gained data from the last three renewals. Um, so that's from uh, Pavan in 19, uh, Victor Hovland in 21 and Houghton Lee last year. All three of those players, all three of the winners were top 15 for strokes gained tee to green. And all three of them were also top 12 for strokes game putting. So if you're looking at two numbers in isolation, strokes game tee to green, strokes game putting, they could be two really strong starting points for your analysis this week, combined with bogey avoidance, I think. Other than that, the incoming form of the winners is really patchy, really inconsistent. And if you look at Andres Romero uh, back in 2017, he was a 300 to one shot. He'd missed every single cut that year up until the point he came here and then mopped up. Uh, Andrea Pavan had missed a cut on his last start. Victor Hovland had withdrawn from the US Open the week before. He'd got um, grit or sand in his eye. Um, some some of you may recall, may remember. Um, couldn't clear it. Had to uh, had, had to take the rest of the uh, tournament off. Came over here and won at 13-2. So how many backers he'd have had at that price with, um, you know, the, with that uh, very recent, well, inverted commas, injury uh, remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, I, I certainly wasn't on him back in 2021. But yeah, the incoming form isn't great of a lot of the winners here. So I'm not sure you should get overly hung up on those coming in with massively um, consistent form coming in. Um, course form doesn't help massively either. I mean, Pavan had missed the cut on his only other start. Hovland and Haotong Lee were both making course debuts in the, the last two renewals. But then you've got Pablo Larathabel who won this twice, um, or has won this twice, and you've got a third and a fifth outside of that as well. So 
a real mix, a real mix of um, stats and a real mix of players who could contend this week, I think. So I dare say if you're flicking through different previews and um, different tips to thoughts on this, you're going to get a whole variety of names this week. Very little con- consistency and consensus, I'd have thought. But uh, um, perhaps it will be a little bit towards the top. And one I've backed, and I think one that will be, will be quite popular this week, is... Um, the aforementioned Pablo Larathabel. He opened a 40 to 1 in places yesterday, which I thought, given how he's been playing and uh, his course record, is absolute madness. But um, I backed him at 33 to 1 with eight places each way. Um, there's still a bit of 33s out there right now. And if you go back 12 months, um, Pablo arrived here. He'd, uh, he'd been playing at, uh, well, he played for his, his live debut at uh, Centurion, finished 14th, so fairly good. Um, but pops back here to, to this course and I'm sure he'd have been wondering what his reception would have been like from his peers. He's quite an affable player, he's quite a popular player. So for him to have made that decision and come back, it would have probably been quite tough for him. Um, he finished fifth despite that kind of lingering over him, which I thought was uh, was creditable really. Um, and as it worked out, that was his one and only live start. He committed back to the DP World Tour um, and seems to have done him an awful lot of good, I think. This is a player who's got four wins since the start of 2022. He's on the cusp now of a world's top 50 spot. I think he's 54th after last week. Mm. And, um, you know, making a Ryder Cup debut at the age of 40, I don't think that's out of the realms of possibility either if he carries on playing the way he is. Um, He won the career championship in April. He won the KLM Open in May. Uh, Both of those coming off pretty poor... Uh, previous attempts. He'd come off a, a miscut for the career championship. He'd, uh, he'd finished 65th at the PGA Championship before winning the KLM Open. So, missing the cut last week at uh, Los Angeles Country Club, not really a concern for me. I think he can come here and just get right straight back into the correct mindset. And this is his favourite course. He described this in his own words as his fav- most favourite course in the world. Um, he's won here twice. He's finished third and fifth. And uh, should he win this week, of course, a hat-trick of course wins. And it would also be his 10th DP World Tour title as well. So uh, plenty plenty for Pablo Larathavel to be playing well for and to be uh, to, to be really focused on this week. And yeah, 33-1 to 1, even now, feels it feels to me that he should be far, far higher up in that market given his uh, current form um, and his, his course form. So... There was no conceivable reason why I wouldn't back him this week, and I have backed him accordingly. Um, the second one, I've backed five altogether. Um, the second one of five is Takumi Kanaya. Um, again, I backed him 33 to 1 yesterday. He has been nibbled in a little bit, 28 to 1 generally now. Uh, and another player who's trying to win his third title of 2023. He won in Oman uh, back in February on the Asian Tour. He won the Japan Tour champ- uh, Japan Tour Championship, and that was just over a fortnight ago. And he lost in the playoff the following week. He's been playing some fantastic stuff, Kanaya. Um, I, I guess you could argue that they're all at a lower level, but how much of a lower level? Debatable, really, isn't it? It's not... Uh, not massively different the uh, the top end of those tours and the kind of uh, the, the regular run of the mill DP World Tour events I don't think and, and this is a guy that we've seen top ten on the PGA Tour that was back at the Zozo Championship and um, top ten at a Dubai Desert Classic at Rolex Series level uh, he made it through the uh, group stage of last year's WGC Match Play as well and there's not many um, if any in this uh, this week's field that could boast that I don't think so. Plenty of quality and class there from Kanaya. 17th here on debut back in 2021. Playing some great golf. Um, I think he could go really close to securing his first DP World Tour title this week. Uh, so those two guys are in towards the top. A little bit further down, Marcel CM. I backed at 40 to 1, eight places each way. You can get slightly longer if you want to take uh, more places, but that's the way I've played CM this week. And another relatively recent winner. Um, he could feature it. I think he won the Indian Open, as we know. Pipped Yannick Paul on the Sunday, who we were on that week. But uh, since then, fourth into Sunday at the Italian Open. Uh, second after day one at the Sudal Open. And then finished second to Tom McKibben um, back on home soil in his last start. I know you were on him that week, Steve. And he had a mm-hmm. live chance going into the Sunday. He had a live chance going into the back nine, in fact. So... Um, playing some good stuff, playing some nice stuff. Masses, of course, experience too. 17 starts here that I counted up. 
Um, couple of top tens. I think that he could record a big personal best on this course this week. And again, I think he could be right in the mix coming down the stretch on th- uh, on Sunday. So, CM at forty to one. Two more slightly longer prices. Aaron Cockrell, 60 to 1. Uh, again, with eight places each way. If you want a slightly longer price, 66 is out there with fewer places. But uh, 60 to 1, 8 for me. Can, uh, Canadian guy returned home to play at the Canadian Open. The uh, played at Oakdale uh, the week before last. Missed a cup. Uh, perhaps he'll get some inspiration from watching uh, Nick Taylor's success there that week. And for me, there's some really strong signs that he's ready to break through at DP World Tour level. Three top, t- no, well, three top fours in total last year um, on tour. Five top twenty-one finishes in succession this year before taking that week out to the, to go to the Canadian Open, and uh, been getting closer and closer. He lost the playoff to Lucas Herbert um, in that stretch of form um, over in Japan. And some really strong stats coming into this. Uh, 13th for bogey avoidance, 23rd for greens and regulation, 4th for strokes game putting for the season to date. For me, Aaron Cockle's got a statistical full house if we're ticking all of the boxes. And again, I've got to back him this week. Um, no reason to, to think that that Canadian Open miscut is any uh, reflection of a downturn in his game, I don't think. Um, I think it's more about what he was doing before that. So quite happy to take a chance on him and quite happy for my final pick to take a chance on Daniel Gavins at 125 to 1 uh, with eight places each way again if you want a slightly longer price 150s out there with six or five each way but I've played it with 125 and uh, eight places and Gavins another one of those players is uh, is won this season but seems to be available at, well what is an even more dismissive price than some of the other guys that win uh, was over at Raz Alheimer. Uh, that was his second tour title, actually. Uh, you remember that one? That was the one that he double bogeyed on. The, well, he made double bogey on the last and then had to make that 25 footer to make uh, his double bogey. And then he still managed to win by one shot, having seemingly thrown it away by putting it in the water twice on the final hole. I mean, yes, if he'd have lost that, I could see that his, uh, his career might have taken a bit of a downturn. But he won and. You know, that winning mentality, that winning knack is something that uh, I think you can draw on in the future. So perhaps if Daniel Gavins finds himself in a similar position uh, this week, he plays a, a slightly different uh, 72nd hole. We shall see. But since that win, yeah, a bit of dross out there, but some quality as well. 22nd in Thailand, 14th in Korea, uh, 12th last time out in Sweden. And that came after an opening round of 74 where he could have quite easily been looking at a, uh, a missed cut that week. But recovered, finished 12th overall and playing some much better stuff from tee to green of late. So, um, and we know the boy can putt as well. A bit of an out, a bit of a lively outsider, I think, Daniel Gavins. So, um, so he completes my team. Gavins, Cockrell, CM, uh, Takumi Kanaya and Pablo Larathabal for me. Any uh, any action for you on the uh, DP World Tour this week, Steve? One bet. Go on. 19th at halfway last week at the US Open. Mm-hmm. 15th in the DP World Tour standings. Bearing in mind, top 10, not exempt at the end of the year, getting to the pit, onto the PGA Tour. So he's competing with the likes of Marcel CM. Yannick Paul, Jorge Campillo, Bjork, Tilbjorn Olsen and Pablo. Yep. You can throw Adrian Otegi in there as well. So you've got that pack there, aren't they? They, all, they, all, they can all see a PGA Tour card quite yeah. soon on the horizon yeah, if they play well. It's not far over the horizon. Remain Langasque. Mm. I've taken 25 to 1, 8 places each way yep. with Bet365 each way extra. He was, 28 is out there with far less each way places. Yeah. He, he was the only guy of the players that are playing this week to make the cut over there in Los Angeles. Um, there, yeah. were another, there were another 10 who played and all of them made, all of them missed the cut. So um, yeah. he's got bragging rights in that respect. So, yeah, I, know, I can, see, can see the logic. He had an obligatory 77 on Saturday when things all got a bit too much. <laughs> but you take those that round out, 71, 71, 68 around LA Country Club. Yeah. So he's clearly in good nick. Yeah. I'm not a 
into this so he won't be able to travel or Victor Hovland, you know, it, it happens. People, I, I don't see the travel being an issue. Yeah, so I just thought 25 to 1 on Langask. It's not a bad price. Yeah. No. He was fifth here last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's lots to like. Certainly there's lots to like. But yeah, that, that whole pack of players there, it's, it's going to be fascinating, isn't it? They're all in the same kind of region on the betting boards every week, clearly for obvious reasons. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there's a huge carrot being waved around, and you can imagine it's just the talk of amongst all of the the usual live and politics and whatever. But this this ability to be able to play on the PGA Tour next year, if you can get in the top ten of the DP World Tour standings, must be just being chatted about constantly with these players. No, oh, it is massive for these players. They can, one of them, well, you know, as you say, ten of them are going to manage to, to secure a card, which uh, you know, career-wise is absolutely, absolutely huge. Pablo sits at eighth at the moment. I mean, it looks to me as if Victor Perez and Moronk. I mean, they're at three and four. They're 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 going to be difficult to un you know dislodge. Minwoo Lee's at five, but he's basically getting his special temporary membership anyway. But yes, from eight down, Larazabal at eight. Till Bjorn Olsen at nine, Bjork ten, and you've got this whole group that are thinking, "Oh, I'd like to get in there." Yep. Need a win or two. Fascinating stuff. Well, I've enjoyed the, enjoyed today. Um, I couldn't hear the thunder and lightning too badly at this end, so hopefully it doesn't come across on the uh, come, come across on the on the uh, recording. I hope your bets go well, Pop. Yeah, best of luck this week, Steve. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to listeners. We'll be back next week. What have you got? It's the British Masters next week at the Belfry. So, ah. uh, yeah, Justin Rose is coming over. About I know. Now. Rose is coming for that. And we've got the Rocket Mortgage Classic on the PGA Tour. Could it be Ricky's week next week at the Rocket Mortgage? We'll talk about it then. Until then, enjoy your golf, Ben. See you soon. If you like betting on golf, Everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf